Welcome to Chapter 3 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Jean Thomas, CIO at Memorial Hospital at Gulfport. In this segment, Thomas discusses the unique path he took to become a CIO, managing the constant battle of security versus access, and what he believes is the biggest source of frustration for CIOs today. Briefly alluded to, uh, you know, having an experience outside of uh, health IT. Um, how, first off, how long have you been at Memorial? Uh, seven years. Okay. What about uh, previously to that? Well, m- most of my career, I was not in healthcare at all. I was in pure technology. Um, worked with the technology side of Polaroid Corporation in the 80s on the electronic imaging group, <clears throat> went to work for a very small, at that time, 25-person roughly company in Austin, Texas, called CompuAd, and we looked um, just like a Dell, if you will, uh, except for we built a lot of other components as well, but uh, Dell and CompuAd were the first two companies that really built, back then, what was called IBM clones. As a matter of fact, we were bit, pretty big competitors with Dell in the mid-80s and 90s and, and um, competed with, with them pretty heavily. We were about four miles apart. And so I ran sales and marketing uh, there, uh, and back then it was called mail order. Today it's called direct marketing. Same thing, just a cleaner word, if you will. And, and, and part of the, the, the draw there is, is you, you base all that on data. Anyway, I spent seven years there, a couple of years of that, living overseas. Uh, then went to work for a company in Boise, Idaho called Micron Electronics. And again, we were a contract manufacturer of technology products. And we were a marketer of very high-end uh, laptops, servers, and PCs, and, and other devices. And I was VP of sales and marketing uh, there as well. So I had sales, marketing, product management, product development, customer service, tech support. Um, I left there in '99 and uh, really didn't know much about healthcare. A colleague of mine uh, asked me to come over to LSU School of Medicine. They were building an advanced learning center and help bring some technology companies and some technology to this advanced learning center where there are going to be simulation uh, uh, dummies and, and, and things like that. When, so when healthcare still was really going full bore with real simulation. And that's what got me interested in healthcare. Um, I ran into a physician there who had started, just, just barely started a company on doing radiology um, over the Internet, which, you know, wow, 1999, that sounded pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Um, so I became CEO of that company. Um, and we, we ran that company, uh, built it up, a little bit difficult from the, the venture capital side because that was right at the time. We raised an initial multi-million dollar round. We put that money to use, built a very robust product. Then 9-11 hit and the dot-com bubble, if you will. Okay. Um, so we wound up, wound up with a relationship with our largest distributor. That, that company uh, exists today. It is now best in class. It's really focused on the B&C market for healthcare. Um, Got involved with the proteomics company, so I really got involved, interested in healthcare. And, and I'll tell you that, you know, I've been reasonably successful in those two other companies, CompuAd Micron. When I got in both companies, they were very small companies, and they both grew to, to multi-billion-dollar companies with 1,500 employees in the first company and about 4,000 in the second company. And the second, in Micron Electronics, we had taken a public. So I, I knew technology really well. I understood data really well. I understood analytics very well. Um, I got into healthcare again by becoming CEO of this radiology company and working with LSU School of Medicine. I figured, wow, what a big opportunity. Disparate silos of data. Very little analytics and data mining of that data. You know, there were pockets, the CDC and uh, immunizations and other areas, but very little. So I figured there's a huge opportunity here. 
and you know I can probably be successful and also make a difference. And I will confess at this point, I was really, really wrong with my assumptions. <laughs> um, I got humbled, I got bloodied, um, right. lost some money, because uh, it, it just doesn't work that way, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I got hooked, and here I am today, if you will. So I would, I'm, I would assume that um, you know, having the, the experience you did with, the, with those companies, with, with CompuAd and Micron, I would assume that there's really have been some benefits that you've been able to kind of, you know, work into this CIO role, which, while I'm sure has some similarities, is also pretty different. On the one hand, it is very, very different, of course. You know, my, my, my seeing others are, are still, I don't know, I, I shouldn't say still, they've taught me a lot about, you know, the focus on the patient, patient care and patient quality. And while I get that, you know, it's, it's in their DNA. And so it's now more part of my DNA. But it's very different, uh, yet at the same time, right, I, I used to sell to CIOs, so I understand how that works when sales yeah. would come to see me. I understand the contracting side of it very well. And when it comes to the data side, um, you know, did I do healthcare data analytics? No. Did I understand analytics and data warehousing and, and databases and structures? Oh, yeah, very well. And yeah. so that, that really was something that helped me, um, you know, integrate pretty deeply. The, the other side is I understood the business side. I was used to, you know, balance sheets and income statements and budgets and those types of things. I, I feel like I'm hearing more and more uh, people tout that the benefits of having some experience outside of, of health IT and even healthcare, um, and just bringing in, you know, some of the, the, the lessons learned from other industries. And, um, you know, healthcare does have its pitfalls, as, as we know, as far as, you know, some of the, uh, the hesitancy to adopt technology over the years. Yeah. You know, to your comment, I'll tell you, I attended in September the, the Health Analytics Summit in Salt Lake. It was actually uh, something crafted by Health Catalyst, but it wasn't about Health Catalyst. Um, they had about, I don't know, 600 people show up for this conference. But I'll tell you, in talking to a lot of my colleagues and other uh, institutions, some that were further along than we are, more, more mature, <clears throat> a lot of their analytics are BI people that came from outside of healthcare. They came from the uh, fi uh, finance community. They came from Wall Street. They came from other areas, from energy, oil and gas and energy. So a lot of the, the, the analytics talent being brought into certain large group practices or health systems are coming from outside of healthcare. Yeah. Get that, that different perspective. Well, a different perspective, but they also understand the, the fundamentals of analytics. Yeah. All right, don't let, the, don't let the data fool you. Sources of truth. How do you make sure you understand when data has been massaged and, and therefore you should have a skeptical eye on it? those types of things. Right. Now, as far as when you first became CIO, was there anything you can recall that kind of uh, surprised you about the role or maybe something that wasn't, wasn't quite how you thought it would be? How much time do we have? Um, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Another big question. <laughs> um, yes and no. So when, when I came over, I came over uh, to be temporarily the, the director of information systems. And uh, a friend of mine <clears throat> was the CMIO, and he, he subsequently left, and that's when I became CIO. The challenges are certainly, on my side, um, tight budgets. You know, there, there's tight budgets. Uh, and these are things I, I knew about, but I've learned a lot more about in, in the CIO role. Uh, reimbursement models changing, things changing within CMS uh, uh, at the federal level and at the state level, reimbursement reductions. Um, you know, the two, two midnight rule is a big, it was a big one. Yeah. And so the balance between spending capital and operational dollars, uh, 
Um, and what, how do you, you know, making sure you focus on that ROI and, and how do you then provide the, the tools that are needed. And those tools are everything from what you use in surgery cases to what you use on the floors to what you use in information systems. So that, that was, it wasn't a surprise. It just was uh, not a surprise, but interesting how constraining that can be. Not, we have a healthy balance sheet. We're very well financially managed. But, but healthcare has always got that unknown of what's going to happen in the reimbursement model, particularly when the, a large per percentage of your reimbursement is uh, Medicare, Medicaid, and uninsured-based. Um, but th there weren't a lot of other surprises. Just, now, I will tell you one, one thing that, that uh, it wasn't a surprise. It just became more acute, if you will, even when I was the director is there are many, many, many disparate systems. You have vendors all over the place hitting every area uh, that you can think of, oftentimes without talking through information systems first. So you've got a lot of interest in these standalone, one-off solutions. And, and pick your area, respiratory therapy, tissue tracking, um, bone. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm drawing a little bit of a blank, but there are many, many areas where people walk in with this very one-off standalone solution, and they look for that to be able to be integrated in. So as a CIO, you know, you can wind up literally with a few hundred systems that are being managed. And then you get to the technology side of that, of some work on this version of Windows, some working on this version of this operating system, some need this version of Internet Explorer, others need this. Uh, the security side is... It, it doesn't surprise me because I was, you know, we did a lot of transactions in my prior life where we had credit card information and other credit information on, on corporations and individuals. So you needed to safeguard that obviously very closely. In healthcare, it's just the, the constant potential barrage <clears throat> of threats that come in. And so you need to lock down your system pretty tight. And that causes uh, some frustration with some users that say, I, I, I need access to the outside. And sometimes it's legitimate access. Uh, it's, a, it's a true need. And sometimes it's a want. But as CIO, you, you are constantly battling. You're turning the dial on constricting access versus loosening access, which is another way of saying managing risk from uh, some type of un, uh, 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 evildoer, if you will. Right. The time that, that you did uh, start at Gulfport, um, you had pretty interesting timing. So I, I imagine that, was, that it's been an interesting uh, ride. Oh, yeah, it was 2007, and we had just, uh, you know, really began the ramp of clinics, and meaningful use came. Yeah. And that's when we decided we were going to meet meaningful use stage one, and that, that was the first big, you know, transformational uh, topic that, that we had to go through, at least while I was here. Right. That's a welcome to the CIO role, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, great. All right. Well, I know we've um, we've touched on on a lot of the the things you're working on. I didn't know if there was anything else you wanted to add, but I, I really appreciate you giving us your time. No, certainly this is an important topic. The only thing else I'll add that we didn't really touch on much is is which is an obvious topic is interoperability. Right. Um, so so as patients move, whether it's temporarily or a vacation or wherever, you know this is the way I say it: the ability to have your medical record in front of the right clinician in minutes or less is not necessarily a technology issue. As technologists and CIOs, we can do that. This is an issue of standards. Interoperability to me is, is very important. We've got HIEs popping up all over the place, state uh, HIEs, private HIEs. Um, we've got CCDs and we're now passing between each other. We've got direct messaging. So what I'm really working on on a regional basis is what institutions 
should we have connectivity with and interoperability with on some clinical level for the benefit of the patient? And, and that's really important um, in my opinion, and I, I think it's obvious it's important in many people's opinion, because it's good for everyone in the continuum, if you will. Right. And you need systems to do that. That's the other point. You need, you need to have a robust system. If you really want to exchange clinical information, have an integrated system where all of that patient's information within your own system sits in one database in one enterprise data warehouse that simply gives you access to the data that may be, need, be needed by some third party. Yeah, that, that's such a good point, and it's something that uh, hopefully we'll, we'll see start to really take more of that front seat at the you know, industry events and, and everything like that because, you know, without interoperability, it's, I don't want to say it's all for naught, but... So that, that's probably an overcharacterization, but I like the way you said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, come on, it's, it's, it, that's what's frustrating, if you will. If I, sorry if I can say that as a CIO. This is not a technology issue. Mm-hmm. It's an issue of standards. Yeah. Um, and, and, and then, so my job is to constantly, you know, in some cases take the square peg of data and put it in a round hole for interoperability, when if all the data had a standard round hole, we would, this wouldn't be an issue. Mm-hmm. And we spend, we, Memorial, and the nation, and taxpayers, we spend a pretty good amount of money to build systems that don't talk well to each other, to buy systems that don't talk well to each other. And, I, you know, back to the, the, the early days of technology, you know, a lot of the hardware manufacturers and some software back in the 80s and 90s got together and said, look, we're going to build some standards. That's why you have, I'll make this simple, but uh, hopefully not too corny, that's why we have USB ports. Right? Mm-hmm. Take a USB device, plug it into any computer, I don't care who made it, or who, and it works. They agreed, even though they were competitors, that we're going to have standards. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's a, it's a more of a personal opinion, but it, it is frustrating because interoperability should, should not be this difficult. The way you chart a lab, the way you dictate a report, the way, I mean, you know, it just should not be this difficult. Right. And it's, the way a la- the way a drug is labeled, the way yeah, let's, we can go down the list. It's something that when you put it like that, really should have been, you know, established right out front. But hopefully, I'm really really hoping that there'll be there'll be more emphasis on that uh, in the in the coming uh, events and uh, things like that. Yep. Okay. Well, given uh, given a lot of food for thought, so <laughs> that's appreciated. And thanks and thank you for for your time, but then also for you know. Uh, speaking so honestly about your experiences, and this is what what CIOs really appreciate and need to hear is just you know how everyone else is uh, is handling similar challenges. Yeah, no, I, I agree. All right, well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it, and I hope to be able to catch up with you again down the line. You bet, anytime. Happy to do it. Thank, thank you, Gene. You're very welcome. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast from HealthSystemCIO.com. To hear other podcasts. Visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.